Welcome, everybody, to Gush. What is Gush? Gush is the podcast that me and Slush have started. It's more than an experience. Let me just say that. Calling it a podcast is not enough. You're right. It is the Gush experience. You ever just exploded with ideas? That's Gush. Well, you're gonna. Welcome, everybody, to Gush. What is Gush? Gush is the podcast that me and Slush have started. It's more than an experience. Let me just say that. Calling it a podcast is not enough. You're right. It is the Gush experience. You ever just exploded with ideas? That's Gush. Well, you're gonna. <laughs> right now. Right at you. Yeah. Um, this is Slush. You guys know Slush. And if you don't, welcome. Slush well, you're is... Good. <laughs> a YouTuber friend of mine. We collaborated many times and we have great discussions all the time. So we figured let's start a podcast. And who is Technicals below me? Well, Technicals is another great YouTuber. He's actually a an edgy commentary channel, I would say. He's kind of like iDubs if he wasn't cucky. Um, and black. And yeah. black. Black iDubs. Yeah. And, and not your God. Technicals, why don't you give us a brief kind of rundown of your channel, how you got there? Just give us the rundown. How I got there? Oh, <laughs> that's well, an interesting start with, story. Uh, start with what your channel is and then tell us about how, how it came okay. to be. Yeah, so my channel is pretty much just like comedic uh, critique commentary style videos, like akin to IDubs in like 2016 and H3H3. Those are like the there's like three major influences. It's IDubs, H3H3, well, classic H3H3, and uh, Pyrocynical, like current Pyrocynical, because I really like his editing style and it's very mm -hmm. like in your face, but uh, still kind of entertaining at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the reason whoa, what is that? What the fuck is NOK? 50 NOK? Oh, I see <coughs> that. I don't know what that is. People make up currencies all the time and donate them. I don't know what they can do that. I think so. Yeah, you can. It's um, it's kind of like cyberspace, like in. Uh, oh, by the way, we're gonna do like we're gonna read donations after like our discussion with technical skills. So if okay. you have questions for any of us, yeah. Sorry, it caught we'll my eye. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to see the chat, and then it caught my eye. No, Focus don't worry on. about it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, um, so how I started originally, like I was just a Smash player, like everyone else. Uh, I wasn't bad at the game. I was like. 11th in vegas at the time That's and it's pretty good yeah i would always have opinions about how to make the the community better but if you don't if you're not a top player or if you don't have mad bitches if you're not like a top commentator or something no one cares about what you're saying so everyone would just call me a whiny bitch so i was like all right fuck this i'm gonna go find someone that does care so i started the the youtube channel and then i got like passionate about it after uh, the whole stuff with JK happened, uh, where he almost hit me and like seven of my friends with a fucking car, I can find an article of it. Um, Whoa, I didn't even know about that. this, actually. That was crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he purposely tried to hit you with the car? Yes. He said so afterwards. Here's an article by Game Tyrant. Uh, there's some other ones, but yeah just just a quick rundown of what happened he got banned after that but then they let him back like after uh 
I think it was like six months. They let him back into the community. Why did he, uh, he try to do that? Because uh, he asked us. He asked me and my friends that came down from SoCal because I was housing them. I would I used to house a lot of people when they'd come down for events. And he was asking if they wanted to go get tacos with him. But since some of the people in our friend group didn't fucking like him, uh, we were like, no. And then, like, he always does this when he wants money after a tournament to the what? to the TO desk. He's like, okay. hey, can I get my money? So we did that to him. We're like, no, JK, we don't want tacos. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he was housing some people from Arizona. So when he got back in, the, in his car, he said, watch this. And then he he did that. And uh, when we confronted him later and asked him, did you try to hit us with your car? He said, absolutely. And at that point, my brother was like ready to beat his ass. But um, after kind of that, like, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> it was um, it was a red car. That's all I remember. <laughs> now I have a now what I have PTSD when I see red cars. Was he just he wanted to like scare you or like he's like, trying to like injure trying to kill you? Him. Uh, it was either trying to like scare us or injure us. Yeah, I don't know. He he was also bipolar, so I can't really like get in his headspace if that makes sense. So that was right. kind of like your Kanye car crash moment, where like your career just started right after that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's where like the major drama started happening, and then. Right. And you did a video on that. Yeah. And like after I did a video kind of doing the comedic critiquing slash roasting of him because he tried to go to an event and they said, well, you can't compete in this event, but you can spectate. You can compete if you reach out to every person you almost hit with your car and see if it's okay with them and if they're comfortable with it. And I wasn't and other people weren't. And he was entitled and he was like, what the fuck? Why should people not even at the event like decide if I can play or not? This is bullshit. So I made fun of him for doing that. And uh, after that, he had like a mental breakdown and shit. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like, he, it, you're, you're asking for it. You're being an asshole. And then he drove his car into the event, right? <laughs> well, yeah, he actually um, attempted suicide with his mom's car, oh, but it, it didn't work. And uh, he got kicked out of his house for wrecking his mom's car. Then he was homeless. And then he tried to liquidate all of his stuff. And he got addicted to some heavy drug i think it was like heroin <clears throat> i don't shit, think all. this guy should be allowed around cars i don't think so either well there was also the event with uh keemstar was involved after he threatened to shoot some people in our region but i think it was an empty threat because he can't afford a gun so that's wow so it sounds like uh help more than anything yeah yeah it sounds like many years of therapy are required um yeah damn that is way darker than I was expecting that story to go. Yeah. That That's was, my origin story. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to start on a light note, but we just straight to the fucking abyss. Um, so I know you've covered a lot of other people. Uh, like you talked about, obviously, you have videos about low tier God. The infamous low tier God. Can we? Can you give us a brief rundown of that situation? Well, I made my first video on him. Just like spur of the moment, it was a poll. I did a poll because at the time I was covering Lax Chris, this clickbaiter that was like, oh, new leak, 4chan, huge leak on every video, every thumbnail, huge leak. <laughs> and in the poll, it was like, do you guys want me to do a video on Lax Chris, low tier God, or just make a random funny video like the <laughs> Hydro Dipping a Rat video that I did right. with the Pizza Hut one? <laughs> and they voted for low tier God. So I was like, fuck it, we're doing a low tier God video. And after I did it, 
he reacted to it on his stream and he tried to roast me and he like compared me to he compared me to Mewtwo and then he said that I didn't have a dad after he just said that he didn't have a dad and I'm like what kind of fucking roast is that <laughs> so I decided to do another follow up and that's where I launched my cinematic universe with like Moist Master and all my friends I haven't been able to do more of those because of COVID obviously but yeah, you have skit humor and stuff like kind of sprinkled throughout your videos. Um, yeah. What is your main, do you have any inspirations for that? Or like, what is, what are you kind of modeling those after? Or is it just pretty kind of off the cuff? I just, I just thought it'd be fun. Like just add in random wacky bullshit with my friends because, you know, it's, not, I, I wanted to have some original stuff beyond just talking about a subject because everyone mm -hmm. talks about a subject. Just yeah. add, add in some story filthy prank a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just like doing the wacky stuff. Yeah, I think I think one of the videos where I tested myself the most, and it's why I plug it so often, is my clown commandments video, because I went out in public and was just like dressed as a clown. My lips were chapped as fuck because <laughs> the paint on my face was super dry. It all dry, <laughs> so I looked like a crack addict. And I would just I would mess with black people. I'd be like. OJ Simpson, yeah, what's up? And they'd be like, nah, dude, nah, nah. <laughs> or like I ate a McDouble off the ground and I like was like a rabid dog and threw it at some guy. Um, yeah, I've seen your skits are fucking are fucking crazy, unhinged. Um now the next thing I wanted to bring up was Thunder Gaming, because that was also like a big, I feel like that was a big milestone or big moment for your channel. When you called yeah. out Thunder Gaming. And I know now you guys are like, he's like cool with you now. He's like trying to host your boxing ring match, which we'll eventually get. <laughs> but yeah, we we're, we need to we need to go to an expensive lunch on him. I, yeah. That's in the near future. <laughs> nice. He, he works in Vegas guy. too, Glink, so I'll invite oh, you. I won't, I won't tell him, but you can come last minute. Okay. Yeah, I'll show up. We'll pay for you too. Don't worry. Nice. I'm down. He's got that Thunder Gaming money. But yeah, that. The reason that that blew up was because, it, I, like I told Bishop, it was a perfect storm. It was just people feeling uneasy about Thunder Gaming. They, they were already suspicious, and they were being assholes over social media because if they suspend, if they block someone on social media for a really dumb reason, they would also ban them from the venue. It's like, what? What? Why? <laughs> uh, that sounds so That's stupid. pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so I did five days of researching finance terminology and going through looking at the shareholders and all the I still have the the folder of all the info and shit. And because it was so just like such a intense amount of research, people just agreed with it immediately. But as we see in the interview that I did with Christian Bishop, there was some more knowledge that was uh, left out from that. But I so think what you're saying is you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but but the problem is more in their response as well because bishop went private on his twitter account for two weeks and then they also doxed me while threatening me over social media where i was blocked so i was Wait, like under gaming doxed you yeah they they like posted my full name and then like my my zip code and shit like that why in a cease and desist letter that i didn't even personally receive like if you're gonna see and d someone fucking send it to them Wait, no one else seems to see this. Wait, they yeah. were trying to cease and desist you for making a video about them, though? Yeah. Wow. That's a battle and, they wouldn't win. And it wasn't even technically about them. It was pretty much all about Christian Bishop, but it was connected 
to them through Christian Bishop. We need to get big YouTubers on your side next time something like that happens. Like you need to get on H3H3's podcast. <laughs> and then you have a, like, yeah, no one's going to touch you if you have that. There was Memeology. There was Upper Echelon Gamers. Um, they helped me out a lot. I think with, and then also the score esports. But after the interview, I was able to reach out to every single one of them and get them to unlist the videos. They were actually very cooperative. So I appreciate right. those guys. Slush loves the score esports. They're oh, yeah. The best. All the way up, they <laughs> steal my stuff. You want to go over that? <laughs> How they wow. stole your shit? To make a long story short, I don't want to go into it too much, but like, Story Sports, like, just super plagiarized one of my, at the time, most popular video. Like, and it's funny because, like, they, it was a topic that they had discussed before, but they, like, didn't draw any of the conclusions that I drew in my video. And then when they, like, ripped me off, they're, like, they, they, like, used almost the same phrasing as me. They had the exact same conclusions. They revisited a topic that wasn't even relevant just because, like, I guess they just needed something. I don't know. You know, I don't know, was, was your video hitting recommended or something and someone there just well, like my video like my video came out because my video was like uh, it was about summit 1g like getting tired of fortnite deciding to do what he wants to play what he wants on stream to make him happy and then like coming upon sea of thieves and then making his way back to the top and that happened at the end of 2018 my video came out in 2019 and it was like you know it, it did numbers like that year it did like over three million views so like it was yeah good damn good yeah and then like two months ago they like when summit was at the top for valorant i guess they were like oh well we need to talk about summit like you know he's like the most popular streamer right now and they just talked about how he like stuck hated fortnite and quit fortnite and started playing sea of thieves and became at the top of that and then like very loosely transitioned that to valorant and it like was years like, years later after yeah. the thing that you covered yeah and then like i was it was like super obvious and blatant so i got pissed off and all the comments were saying like this is a slush video you guys ripped off slush and then i like decided to look into them more and then i discovered that like i looked so i had a like a documentary on dr disrespect and then they put one out like eight months later and they used a clip of they used a clip in their documentary that i used in my documentary but that clip and they credited me too they said like this clip came from slush that clip yeah. had nothing to do with Dr. Speck. It was like, I literally typed in like Disney World 1980s and just used a random clip because I was talking about like the 80s and they used that clip. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, how long have they been like watching my channel and shit? Yeah, they're keeping so imagine, it imagine how many other people they're doing that to. I think a lot, probably. Yeah. I knew at least one other person who, when I posted my video saying, like, talking about this, uh, another person came up to me and was like, yo, they did the same thing to me like last year. Here's my documentary. Here's their version. And then this other guy, uh, CZ's World, who does like horror uh, movie YouTube stuff. He like commented and ended up doing his own video, like talking about how Screen Rants stole like one of his videos. And this is just like a rampant problem that like yeah. corporate channels and content do this yeah. shit. It's like the the there's a Me Too movement forming out of people stealing content from YouTubers, though. Like it's just it's big corporate corporate channels taking what is more original content and then broadcasting it to their larger audiences in a more simplistic yeah. form, basically. It's pretty ridiculous. I think that transitions pretty well into the debate that's going on between YouTubers and Twitch streamers. It does. It does. Yeah. I want to get to that. We're going to get to that. But okay, okay. 
I think we still need to talk yeah. about the elephant in the room. Well, there's two uh, things, right? What what is that? You're gonna talk about edgy humor. Yeah, yeah. Well, edgy humor, that's coming. That's it's pretty here. That's yeah. in your face. How can you ignore that? We're right, we're embodying it. What are you talking about? Have we passed I think we've passed the 10 minute mark as well. Yeah, I think so we said let's let's reveal our true selves now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Since I the YouTube take the algorithm is uh, the YouTube algorithm stopped paying, you'll never back. know we're swearing now. Um, I see what you did there, technically. Trying to pull a streamer move there, classic streamer move. Let me just bend over my chair, pick up yeah. my gloves. We got. What is this the just adding section we're in right now? Yeah, I think so. What what I wanted to, what I wanted to bring up was Esync. Now, who is Esam, you might be asking, in the stream, if you're watching this, if you're watching this on YouTube, who is Esam? Esam, uh, I'm going to show this real quick, is the guy on the right of this picture. Um, he's so repulsive that technicals basically just had a throw up in his he's mouth type situation. For um, 23 minutes. You got to check out technicals this video on ESAM because it's he's basically the biggest hypocrite in the Smash Brothers community and when it comes to this kind of I don't even know what the right word is like virtue signaling sort of shame yeah. for super anti-racist seeming guy even though his past he's a top player of Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate I think he was around in Melee and Brawl as well he's a top player Big voice yeah. representative of the Smash community. And, you know, he's definitely, like, a very big voice in terms of, like, yeah, I guess, like, he he's a virtue signaler, but, like, I don't want to, like, discount, like, you know, people who are trying to put out a good message. Yeah. But, like, it's different with him specifically because of his past and his inability to recognize that other people could be like he once was. To break it down more specifically, ever since, well, from what I saw and the time frame that I saw them in, ever since he was 15 to 22 years old, he um, he participated in the kind of humor or edgy humor that uh, someone like me does frequently. And he tries to, you know, shit on the people that do the same thing that he did for like half a decade or over half a decade. And it's like, how do you not remember that you did any of this stuff and you don't give anyone else the benefit of the doubt when you still have a platform because other people didn't shit on you the same way you're shitting on other people? And and, and that that's that to me is hypocritical. And people can't see how it's like, oh, he said all this shit when he was a teenager and, you know, a young adult, but he changed. So he should be allowed to criticize people for that. It's like, no, that's the same reason H3H3 got shit for calling PewDiePie out for saying the N-word when he was saying nigger faggot when iDubbbz was on his podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, you're not the person to be talking on it because you've done the same fucking thing at the same age. And now this video is demonetized forever and our channels are banned. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think the thing that you point out in your video that, like, is really annoying about what Esam does is that he doesn't believe in cancel culture, but at the same time, he will, like, pinpoint specific people he finds problematic and, like, sick his fan base on them and, like, essentially cancel them when they are just doing the same thing that he was doing. And then he'll act like surprised when, when, you know, when they I turn out to be people have done this. Yeah. I'm going, going to read innocent. How could you guys do it? I'm going to read a post heavily featured in uh, technicals, this video from <laughs> Esam 
on the Smashboards in 2012. Now, if you guys aren't uh, aware, maybe show it on the screen so it, you don't look like you're just saying racist. Oh, things. I'm showing it on the screen. Yes, I'm showing okay. it on the screen. iconic. In fact, maybe I won't even read it out loud because you're right. That could be taken. <laughs> I, I, can, I can read it. I'm black. Okay. Yeah. You want um, me to read it? It is. On, sh- okay. If you have it open. Yeah. I also have it on stream. Okay. Um, but you aren't black, so it isn't racist. If you were black, you would be a watermelon loving, fried chicken eating, grape juice drinking blank who can't drive or swim. But you aren't. So smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> there's the quote so um yeah um you know riveting riveting stuff for me sam but i think your point with the video and i don't necessarily want to like spoil too much if people haven't seen it because it's actually really funny but your one of your points in the video that i think you were telling me how people overlook this some people is that you're not even necessarily calling him out to be like oh you're such a bad person for saying all this you know in 2012 or you're horribly racist but it's like you can't hold, uh, you can't hold people to this really high standard and then expect them to have a perfect record when your own, you know, it's like it's just straight up hypocrisy and it's not understanding. Other yeah, people. yeah, and I even say at the beginning of the video, people think I'm joking, but I say at the beginning, I'm here to protect you from your fans because I know that these people that don't understand context and will take any shred of someone being like racist, transphobic, or whatever. And they'll hold it against them for the rest of their life. I'm not doing that. I'm saying you're a fucking hypocrite because you've done this and you can't you can't be empathetic towards people that have been in the same situation as you. So how am I supposed to believe that you're, you know, this this super nice guy that's just, you know, trying to change the world and, you know, just wants everyone to be a better person when you have this experience and can't even pull from that when talking to other people It just makes you look like a fucking sociopath. It just makes it seem like he's saying everything he does for clout and for like looking good in terms of his brand. He's saying that because, opinion. Yeah, exactly. But I think is like, see, there's like, let's look at Levin, for example. Levin, so huge smasher. And when all this smash drama started happening, drama is probably not the best word, but the point is that when all these, these things started happening in the smash community, Levin kind of became like a voice of like, I don't know, morality or whatever. But I felt like when Leffen was doing it, it wasn't preachy and he did not spend his entire career building like this image of doing, in fact, if anything, he has embraced the fact that he used to be really bad and everybody knows it and it was never hidden. So like he he even said, do not idolize me. All you guys saying Stan Leffen, do not do that. Like I'm not a perfect human being. Like he he consistently is on it. He's like, don't idolize me. I'm not perfect, but here's like my stance on it. Exactly. Like I'm a pro, just because I'm a pro player doesn't mean I'm like pro at life. Right? Yeah. And on the flip side of things as well, we shouldn't neglect to mention that, again, this is all kind of predicated on the fact that Esam, especially recently, but I'm sure for a while, has just been consistently calling other people out, like trying to shame right. other people, shame certain types of behavior. Again, super, uh, it would be one thing if he was just, you know, doing his own thing. and genuine. Like, yeah, it's just it's very disingenuous. It's very fake. And it's it's almost like I even put this comment on technicals video and we've talked about this, but there's this phenomenon, I think, that happens amongst these sort of woke circles of super anti-racist, super anti-misogynist, you know, anti anything that like is considered somewhat discriminatory or rude and all that. Um, certain types of people who are very outspoken 
actually have the most to hide. They're like the most, like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself very edgy. And even at my most edgy of times in my teenage years, I never would have typed posts like that on a, on a yeah. forum. Uh, I just like, and nowadays some people might consider some of my jokes or whatever, like problematic, but I've actually been consistent. Like I, I don't have this dark past of saying edgy shit. And then now I'm like completely on the reverse. So there's this phenomenon where, and Esam's the perfect example of this, where there's people the people who are the most outspoken actually tend to be the most kind of like hypocritical and the most, um, yeah, they just have the most to hide, I guess. Yeah. Like people that are so against pedophilia, but they have, they get outed for like, exactly. like, say, like children. we saw like in the smash community, a lot of people like ended up, you know, being like sexual abusers or, or like in some cases, literally pedophiles. And these people were like the most outspoken against it. Like it's one of them, sleepy K from the melee community was like, you know, he, he, I think he was one of the, and I've met him before and he seemed like a really nice guy when I met him. He, I think he was one of the people who put together like the smash, like uh committee of conduct or whatever it was called. Like I can't oh, remember. The code of conduct. Yeah. Like he, he like yeah. put together like the group of people that were like upholding that. And it's like, he was one of the ones who was actually like sleeping with a 14 year old or something like that. There was yeah. another panelist on there. It was um Mewtwo queen. And she like oh, sexually yeah. abused one of her friends. She was yeah, on the panel for the conduct too. Yeah, like what? Look at that. People I don't trust. The most, it's crazy. I don't trust any code of conduct uh, panels or like uh, teams that enforce these kinds of councils, like the Twitch Council. These things seem to almost always be led and run by number one people who just want a lot of power, and two, I don't think people. I mean, people who just don't have the best intentions and people who, again, like it's, it's the same thing. It's, if you're someone who's so interested in creating a council that's um, ex, uh, specifically trying to stamp out these problematic types of behaviors, OK, I kind of question that in itself. It's like, well, hold on a second. What are you trying to hide? Like, why are you trying to make this council? Why are you trying to be in the position of power? Um, yeah, exactly. And we've seen that with Twitch, too. That's the other one that comes to mind is. Uh, the like council or I don't even know what's happening with that. Um, That's that Stephanie, different, I think. the Stephanie yeah. character that was like power tripping. Yeah. Eating yeah. Grass and eating weed. So the, the difference there is I feel like Twitch chose the people themselves. Like um, it wasn't like just people like coming up on their own being like, let's form something. It was like Twitch is like, yeah. oh, I want to like diversify. And for some reason, we're going to pick someone who's saying a bunch of stupid shit maybe but also you got to think that those people who are in those positions have some sort of connections with twitch staff i don't think they're just like oh hey you who i don't even know i'm going to email you you want to join our team like they have some sort of established rapport between yeah. twitch staff i'm sure but i suppose so yeah i know your point though yeah like when it's self-appointed it is it's, it's so much worse yeah yeah i always think that people who are searching for power are like the worst people to have it yeah, which is in almost all cases, the people who have power are the ones who are looking for it. Since we're on the topic of uh, people that are against shit, so like extremists, but they also have stuff in their past. Uh, I linked an article in in the server, which is the fifteen year old Bochi that we all like, we all witch hunted out of the community and bullied until they just basically deleted their social media. Is a fifteen year old in a in a private Discord server saying edgy jokes. With the n-word oh and my they god she had articles actual articles K kotaku daily dot all this stuff made about her 
because she said this in private and people want to take the take the shit out of context obviously from the private conversation and then apply it to the public when that's not what the context was for and then be secondhand offended for it so they can you know justify attacking someone. yeah i've seen a lot of people talking about like i've seen on my twitter feed people will say like edgy jokes and private conversations are not okay and like i just completely disagree with that it's like if you're talking to a, like your small group of friends and you know that they know that you're like you said, say you make like a joke that's like edgy because it's like a racial joke. But you know that they know that you are not racist. You don't mean anything racist and you're just playing on the stereotype or you're just playing on actual racist or whatever it is. Like, it's fine because everyone understands. In a way, I feel like it's dunking on the racist like. When I, when I make an edgy joke, I'm making it because I think what I'm saying is stupid. And that's why it's yeah. funny. Like, it, exactly. it's funny that I'd say that because the idea, the concept itself is dumb. And I don't feel like people understand that. They're, they're not laughing because they support what's being said. They're laughing because of the, the ridiculousness of the statement. Like how exaggerated or extreme or out there and random it is. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's the point of dark humor. Like, there's... I think like you can make an argument though, like when you're doing it on like in a public setting, like you're gonna you're bound to if you're popular enough, you're bound to run into people who are laughing at it and enjoying it for like the wrong reasons, like they're actually are racist and they think you're being serious. Yeah. But in a private conversation, like that's a good point. That is a that is a distinction because it's like, yeah, because intention matters, right? With anything, with anything you're saying. Mm -hmm. And there is definitely a problem in public where you're absolutely right. You know, you could say something and no matter how you intended it, certain things are just going to push certain buttons or come off a certain way to people who don't know you. Um, yeah, that's true. And I think like, especially with racial humor, that's true. Um, but I will say that's true. Yeah. I, I will say though, that one thing regarding this kind of edgy humor conversation that I feel like, I don't know, I, I think maybe we've, how to step back in certain ways. Cause I always look to things like even just TV shows and, and popular stuff from 10, 15 years ago, like take the Chappelle show. Chappelle show is the yeah. best example. Yeah. Um, one of, in my opinion, the best comedians of our time, uh, Dave Chappelle created one of the best sketch comedies I've ever seen or ever made probably. And most of it, a lot of it was like racial humor, but it wasn't, I wouldn't even say it was racist. It was just like making fun of everybody. And yeah, don't on everyone. And everyone, everybody laughing isn't like laughing because they're racist. They're laughing because they're laughing at themselves. They're laughing at other people. And it, it kind of, it normalized racial humor in like the best way possible to the point where we were all just, I don't know. I felt like it was more, um, what's the word? It was more okay to just joke about things and people weren't offended, especially during that time. Uh, this is like early 2000s and stuff. Um, but now- Also makes it easier to discuss it. Like yeah. when, you're not, when you're not afraid to talk about, it's not so yeah. taboo. You can, talk, you can talk about it more openly and not feel like you're walking on fucking eggshells with every sentence that you say. Yeah, and the comedy is like, you know, I feel like people forget that comedy is, is a way for us to like reflect <clears throat> on things and discuss things. And process things, uh, yeah. you know, like we it's I, I've noticed personally that it seems like not I don't watch TV much, but it seems like there's no more comedy movies. 
Maybe I'm crazy. No, I'm just not seeing them. I think that like the state of the world is actually declining in some degree because their comedy is dying and people can't joke and people can't process through comedy and humor. And it's like just unbalanced everything. It's a lot more divided. I feel like <laughs> tensions are high with everything. You see something, you're immediately like, are they on my side or are they against me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just fucking consume the media. Why do you have to make it a fucking battle every time? So and true. Another issue with the lack of comedy or the lack of like middle ground of us just laughing at, at maybe both sides is that now there actually is like nowadays when I see what I would consider racial humor online, especially it is more likely to be like, let's say on, on a discord server, right? Like some popular yeah. discord server. It is actually more likely to come off as genuinely like racist or hateful. Uh, but I think part of the problem is because like it's, it's almost two extremes, right? Like on one hand, any kind of joke about anything involving race is completely unacceptable. And then I think that almost pushes people, uh, to more extremes or like it, it pushes people to, they're like, Oh no, this is how you joke about racial humor. The complete opposite where you're just, you know what I mean? Like where, where it's more extreme on the other end, almost to compensate for the fact that we don't have as much, uh, not just racial humor, but you know, any kind of like, uh, just satire comedy. That's yeah. a more of a middle ground. It's the same thing politically where it's like, okay, anybody who's, uh, slightly conservative is a Nazi and that's just and and that's who they are and they're all a racist nazis and it's like okay well maybe they're not but when you just label them that way people i think it actually yeah well the thing that i see is it's it's more frequently segregated humor like oh you you don't fit into this specific category so you can't make this specific joke or yeah yeah it's like oh you're black oh it's I can laugh at the joke that you made. Oh, uh, I'm not black, but can I retweet this this thing that I found that was funny? Like, just you found it funny, fucking retweet it. What, what do you mean? Uh, was, it, was it morally correct that I laughed there? My skin color is different. I just had to check. Like, what? Did you find it funny or not? What the fuck? Yeah, things have become overcomplicated. Which is For why sure. I, I'm actually so glad that your channel exists though, technicals, because you're kind of, I feel like you're a breath of fresh air that you do have, you're not afraid to say what you think and what you feel and what you find funny. And you're also not someone who's like doing it for, you're not doing it for like some sort of political agenda or out of like some hateful, spiteful place. Like you're someone who's genuinely coming off as just having a good time and trying to just make you know entertaining videos at the end of the day with well thought out arguments shit's funny to me yeah. <laughs> like i laugh at it <laughs> i think it's i think your shit is hilarious yeah yeah it's great but it's also bringing to light some uh through comedy i think some truths and some topics that people are just afraid to like do you think anybody else would make that esam video in that way for example you know maybe not like maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable calling him out or reading those mm -hmm. things and even though you know it's well because then they'd be a hypocrite too i'm i'm probably one of the few people that's not a hypocrite because i like some people would call me a hypocrite in the comments section they're like dude two minutes into your video you call this all retarded how are you gonna call esim out for saying slurs it's like well because i say slurs right <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with it i'm not calling him out for saying slurs i'm calling him out for calling other people out for using slurs yeah like that would if i all of a sudden next week 
started saying, hey, you can't say that. You shouldn't have a sponsorship because you said the N-word. People would be like, what the fuck? Didn't you make a whole video about the N-word and how it's cool? <laughs> and like, how it's it, cool. Yeah, and like context and intent <laughs> and all that shit. That would make me a hypocrite. But for some reason, when Esam was 22, you know, him doing all that shit, he's not a hypocrite because he got away with it long enough. Like, oh, dude, it's it's been long enough. So accountability, gone, dude. All gone. Yeah. yeah. You're fucking cleansed. Oh, you donated to Black Lives Matter? Here's your N-word pass, buddy. You say it better than most. Shit. Right. Can we just acknowledge <laughs> that I I personally at least believe this, that if South Park was going right now throughout this whole quarantine, that I literally think the state of affairs would have been different. Like everything just would have been different because they would have diffused tensions because they would have made fun of both extremes and it would have, and I think life would be better right now. South Park's great because I can laugh at myself too. Like you take yourself less seriously. It's not always just attacking the people you disagree with. It also shows you that, hey, maybe you should chill the fuck out. And, exactly. and that's what's so great about it. You just enjoy it. Yeah, they make fun of everybody at the same time. Yeah, you and me were talking about how, uh, well, I was, I was theorizing, what if it's possible that part of the reason things are so, tensions are so high, just politically or otherwise right now, like, I mean, you're right. It could be because of a lack of good comedy. And South Park was one of those shows, I think, that really... I think it's more relevant now than ever as a show. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for their new season. It's going to be fucking yeah. insane. <laughs> Speaking of South Park and new seasons and shows, um, that sounds to me like a great content idea. We should all watch and react to TV shows. And then, <laughs> and then upload videos on YouTube as highlight videos uh, yeah, and get just, South Park. Nice bridge, nice bridge. <laughs> right. So, so what I'm referring to is uh, I'm kind of being a little bit tongue in cheek, but we're talking about this. It's kind of a, another tension point that's rising to a boil between YouTubers and Twitch streamers. Where um, I think the point for me, just to bring it like in a simplified version, the problem I have <laughs> is when. Twitch streamers, so they spend a, a lot of Twitch streamers, they spend a good amount of their streams watching content, reacting to content, especially the popular ones. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that intrinsically or whatever. I mean, they could do what they want. I do think, though, that there is some issues that arises when, for example, they're reacting to a YouTube video in full uh, and then they're uploading their reaction. Like they're making money, they're getting views, they're getting subs while they're watching it on stream live. OK, that's one thing. And then they upload the reaction to YouTube, to a channel that's dedicated to all reaction-based videos. And at the end of the day, they're getting they're competing directly on YouTube with a video that they didn't make, they didn't contribute to, and their reaction is just using that other person's video for views, basically. And um, they're often bigger in name than the YouTuber they're watching. So they're, their audience on that reaction video instantly be higher than the video itself and get algorithmically ranked above the original video, which is pretty annoying. Now, uh, I think, real quick oh to lay out like the full picture here, because the, the other way of viewing it, of course, is that, well, they're a big Twitch channel. They're a big YouTube channel with these reactions. They get a lot of views, more views than the original video. But the original video is getting paid back through exposure, which there's something to be said about for sure. Um, so it's not a super clear cut thing, um, but technicals, what were you gonna say? 
Oh, I was going to say in Slush's case where he made the Wreckful video and then there was a reaction from the person who is the subject matter of the video. That is more like that's like a treat. If I make a video yeah. about someone and they react to it in full and post that, I love that shit. That's what other people want to see when it's something that's completely irrelevant to it. And then they post their reaction and then it's competing with your views. It kind of just pisses you off because it's like, yeah, hey, hey buddy. Like small, a random channel that all they do is upload other streamers reacting. Like, yeah. When I, so when I made the record video, I had like two different channels. Uh, what, like, I think one of them was nice enough to actually like ask me for permission or whatever. And I told them no. But one of them like uploaded the video and then refused to take it down. And then I, so I was like, all right, I got some copy striking this person. Cause like, I just spent nine months making this video. Obviously I'm not letting this guy upload an hour and a half video of his channel. Yeah. And then he started emailing me, like, spamming me with emails about how I'm entitled and like, I'm an idiot for taking, like, for not like letting him upload the rea reaction and all this stuff. And it was like so stupid and it pissed me off. But when Breckful reacted to it, his editor asked me if they could upload the reaction to his channel. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's wreckful, man. Like the video was about him. Like, yeah. People just assume that all copy strikes are just morally wrong, but it's like, I, I fucking hate reaction content in general, but there's exceptions to the rule. Obviously like some people yeah. do it better than others. I think critical is a good example. When he reacts yeah. to stuff, his commentary actually adds to the value of what he's watching. Other people, they're just like, ha ha. Yeah, or they're just uh -huh. eating. <laughs> yeah, they're just fucking like eating through the whole thing. There's a few Twitch streamers who are, I think, are pretty good about like stopping and adding thoughts. Critical is really good at it usually. Asmongold is pretty good at it, and Mizkif is pretty good at it. I don't know like everyone who does it, but like I've noticed at least those guys will stop, add their like input, or at least in the case where I've seen them react to my videos. I don't know how they are with other videos, but like. You know they're they're knowledgeable enough on the subject themselves that they can add something that I didn't say, and like I think that's cool. It's yeah. probably it's, it's funny that you mentioned those guys because they also happen to be past or I guess current YouTubers as well, uh, mm. which probably is why they're able to stop. As a YouTuber, when you're making videos, and Technicals knows this because this is like a lot of his content is like this. You, I mean when you're format of videos, like you're going to be watching clips, you're going to be responding to it, like making an argument, making your own points from it. Uh, that's like an actual analysis and like response to either a video or whatever kind of content you're, you're responding to. And I think that's why someone like Asmongold or Mizkip or critical are better at doing it versus like not, not to call them out, but like XQC, I don't think he's ever made a YouTube video like that before. And so yeah. his commentary is like a little bit more like, just like hanging out and that's whatever. I mean, it's just his style, but you can see like where the mentality comes from. One of them is more for an analysis point of view. And one of them is more for uh, kind of just entertainment or enjoyment or, you know, yeah, time. killing time or whatever. I also think that a lot of people, uh, some Twitch streamers, like you're saying, and probably a lot of the viewers on Twitch, like they just don't get the work that goes into YouTube videos. Like obviously there are YouTube channels that, you know, they, their content is like brain dead and it takes like a day to make and it's like not hard work and they're only doing it like once a week or something. Fine. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty fucking brain dead. He's but, still doing CSGO surf. He's still <laughs> doing it. In 2020. Uh, in 2020, he said, fuck, fuck it. I, he's, he's doing it. A statement. No, but there's so many people who just don't like, they don't 
understand like uh like yeah it's on twitter like the last couple of days it's been this is a discussion that's been blowing up and uh someone was trying to like call me out on twitter being like oh like xqc like the, your your rectal video is like an hour and a half long xqc streams for like 12 times that every day and it's like you do realize oh, I saw that. <laughs> the video took me more than an hour and a half to make like oh my god i don't think they understand that it's like and i noticed there was quite a few people who were like saying stuff like that where it's like it's not the length of the content that matters it's like the time and energy that went into making it it's like a movie that's an hour and a half but it could take like two years to make like oh, my output oh go ahead no you go ahead you go ahead Oh, I, I was going to say out, my output could be really good. Like I could just fucking record audio files and talk over gameplay like everyone else and upload yeah. shit every other fucking day. It's not hard, but I try to like provide quality. And when I upload, I want it to be something that people are excited for. I don't want to just fucking, well, here's your brain popcorn for the hour. And then yeah, exactly. Off. Yeah. Um, so I want to show the stream real quick an example of what we're like a very direct example so um, this is the search results for the parasocial problem with live streaming, which is obviously my last video that I made. Uh, yeah. Now, up until recently, actually, right now, my video is at the top, thankfully, but um, and actually it just passed in views the other two reactions. But for a long time, it was so Asmongold and XQC both have reaction videos to it, and they both uh, have as XQC's has 200k views, Asmongold's has 305k views, my video has 350k views, and it's still growing. Um, but at first, when I put out my video, it had like under 100,000 views in maybe the first couple days or something. And Asmongold had like 200,000 views, XQC had like 150,000 views. And so in the short term, it, at least for me, it, it's definitely true that these types of reaction videos were doing way better than mine, using my own content. I mean, my video was 27 minutes. And so it's 27 minutes of my video in either of these reactions. And in XQC's case, his whole video is basically just my video. And then Asmongold has, his is like double the time because he pauses and reacts. But, yeah, um, you know, and I was like, this sucks. This It feels so defeating when you see that as someone in my position and in Slush's position, who and a tech position, yeah, and, and a technical's position, who we actually put in, we're not just cranking these videos out every day, you know, generally speaking, like we're actually writing scripts, we're uh, doing research, we're gathering clips, we're editing. Like I spent around two months on this video, and that's like pretty typical for me. And mm -hmm. I had to contact a bunch of people, conduct interviews, all this stuff, and then you see a reaction video. It's like, okay, this just did way better than my video. And all they did is react. You know, it feels very shitty, but um, I could also see, and this is kind of where I uh, come to terms with it, which is in the long term, though, I'm kind of, I'm losing views and losing revenue on that video in the short term. But in the long term, there is something to be said about the fact that, well, my name is more out there. You know, these big yeah. people with big audiences are talking about me or saying my video is good or their viewers are watching it. Uh, so it's a little bit tricky with regards to that, but you could see where there is some dispute to be had. But I did want to shift things over a little bit to um, talking about another divide that I've seen, which is kind of what you guys were just referring to, where there seems to be like there's that Hassan clip, for example, where 
He's, uh, he, he's talking about, uh, well, why don't we just watch it actually? Yeah. Why don't we just watch it? Um, Are you going to stream it? Yeah, I'll show it on stream. Let me see. Is it in the Discord? Let me see if I can find it. How do we do this? Because like your stream has to delay, obviously. Uh, we're going to have to just click it and watch it at the same time. Okay. Okay. Uh, does somebody have a link to it, actually? I thought we had Yeah, it. I do. Hold on. I got it. Okay. I'll just do a good old three, two, one, go, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm going to open the page first before you say. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nick. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could just look at it on Twitter, too. All right, just let, let me know when. Okay. Um, you start at zero. <laughs> Full screening it. All right. I'm just seeing a picture of tech and Sam. I'm, I'm good whenever. Two, one, go. This is the most frustrating thing because I'm a fucking React Andy myself. Like, I get so mad at this when YouTubers literally fucking sit around, okay, and they make one fucking video. They make one fucking video a month and get like Patreon money, or they make like two fucking videos a week, max, okay? And then they cash out with like a six-figure check because they have a, a sea of simps. And then they turn around and shit on streamers who literally fucking go live for six to eight hours every day. Like, that's nuts, dude. Of course there's gonna be dead space in between, you stupid fuck. This shit genuinely tilts me, dude. It genuinely tilts me. You could make a compilation of me sitting around, not even on camera, with a fucking video playing in the background. You could, when you're live for 13 hours a fucking day, of course there's going to be, of course there's going to be fucking dead space in between. Dead air in between. It's so dumb. Okay, I, can, I, can I say something really quick? Yes. Yeah. What I like about what I like about this clip is how he this goes from six hours a day to 13 hours a day. <laughs> like magically <laughs> it doubled by the end of the clip. <laughs> 13 hours a day. Of course. It's... Yeah. You stream for 13 hours a day. All right. Yeah. He... I feel like Hassan is a smart guy who says dumb shit because like this is, it just seems like the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like he's talking about something he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. He's saying like, oh yeah, YouTubers, they're just like so lazy. They make one video a month and they have like a million patrons paying them. It's like, bro, it's like not even close to that for the vast majority of YouTubers. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe there are YouTubers who are at the top who are like, they're not putting out that much anymore, you know, and they have like a huge fan base and they're killing it financially. But like, dude, it's not the case like that for most of us, including people who have like a million subscribers. It's not even the case like that for so many of them. Like, because there's just no yeah. idea what he's talking about. Yeah, and that's not to say, like, of course there's, you know, it's not to say that either platform is just super easy to make it on. Like, obviously, to establish an audience yeah. on either YouTube or Twitch, it's pretty di damn difficult. Um, and I, I would even actually, I would go as far as to say that establishing an audience through YouTube is easier than through Twitch. But yeah. Twitch is way, way easier to make money off of uh, and yeah. way quicker than YouTube. I mean, technicals, you were saying, and I've experienced this too, where I'll do like a stream where I stream for like two hours and I've, I've streamed for two hours and made $200 of super chats. That's more than I'll make in like with certain videos that I've spent dozens of hours on in some cases. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like my my CPM is dog shit. So like with the video I just made that has eighty thousand views, normally I would make probably around like over a hundred dollars on it if it is monetized. But since it's demonetized with limited ads, uh, I think I've made forty dollars off of that. And then I streamed after doing that and made three hundred dollars. <laughs> so that's like more than I've made in my entire career of making fucking videos, <laughs> yeah. just, just because of super chats. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Streaming is just so much more profitable in, in the short term, even though it's not. But you do need an audience to make money off yeah. of it. But so it's it's kind of a two way thing. But uh, and it's really hard to, to stream. That's like can't discount that. Like being a streamer and being like, especially if you're good and you're like you're on as an entertainer for like six hours straight. It, that's not easy to do. It's, it's a hard. different skill, though. It's a different skill. Yeah, and there are people who are like just naturally good at it. You know. People like avoiding the puddle uh, or like mango or something like they just have the personality type where they're just automatically funny and they could just chill and be funny. But like most yeah. people aren't like that. I don't feel like I can do that for hours on end. Like a lot of my shit, I think of some of my jokes ahead of time, but then some of them will come in the spur of the moment. But like a lot of my ca my content is calculated. <laughs> a lot of it's very calculated. I have scripts. I write outlines, all this shit. It's 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 not easy to just be funny 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I also do think it's unfortunate that here's here's my uh, sort of uh, maybe unique perspective on this is that unlike a lot of other YouTubers, I actually the unfortunate part is I don't like Leafy's content and I hate that he's popular and I feel like he's almost undeservedly popular because on a certain level, it's like, unfortunately, in this case, yeah, you know, Leafy probably doesn't really put in that much effort and he probably and he does get a ton of views and he probably does make a good amount of money or at least he used to. I don't know if he's monetized or what, but he has such he a big does audience. Stock, he does stocks and shit. He's always talking about it. And but like he's just not the trophy YouTuber that that's this is why I hate the Pokemane shit. I mean, this is a whole nother discussion, but. For example, Pokimane, I feel like Leafy made that video on Pokimane, two videos on him now, on her now, just because she's popular. She's sort of the face of girl streamers on Twitch. But really, is there that much substance there with Pokimane? Like, does Pokimane really deserve to have two videos made about her? She's just this popular girl streamer. She's not even like a thought streamer or a, uh, you know, she's not even like a very exploitive streamer or whatever these negative attributes that might be valid criticisms of actual thought you know, camera girl type streamers, which are plentiful on Twitch. But just because yeah. Pokemon's popular, I think she's getting a lot of flack. And Leafy puts minimal effort into making videos. I think he, like, I don't know, he has editors or some shit. And he just makes horrible videos. It's the worst quality standard. I almost yeah. feel like from the YouTuber perspective, to counter like something Hassan is saying, or that kind of sentiment, on our end of things, it's almost like, yeah, but we also shouldn't maybe be praising Leafy as like this shining example of great YouTube content. Because he's fucking not. Not. He's yeah. still making shit videos. People, I see some people in the comments like, oh, he's, he's gotten so much better. Like, no, you fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fucking dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he, was, he has never been a good mascot for like YouTubers in any way. Like the best thing he had going for him was that like he's kind of savage and can be funny sometimes, which is yeah. like now I can see why people feel like he's a breath of fresh air because we've gotten so censored over time. So like, it feels like, well, 
Like, wow, I kind it's of funny by thing. default almost. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, kinda. you're like one of the it's few like, people oh, this doing guy's it. To say it or whatever. So people like it. That's on the, yeah. on the topic on the topic of him covering Pokemane, I feel like if he was going to do something along what he actually covered, like the main points he was covering, it should have been thematic for like Twitch in general instead of just like hardcore punching at Pokemane because I feel like yeah. Pokemane is is almost like she's a victim of circumstances. Like everyone's doing that shit over on Twitch. I don't feel yeah, like exactly. Pokemon is the only one that deserves it. Not specific it. to her. I think that like she gets like I know I'm I'm seeing that there's a lot of videos about her. I haven't actually watched any of them, but I know that like she got a lot of shit for copy striking people who criticize her, and I yeah. like that's pretty bullshit. I don't like that. That's and fair. And she also she used to be a thought streamer, so I know why people are, like still are hung up on that kind of. I get that because there was a time when she was like mm-hmm. you know just like trying to like do whatever you know the girl streamers do Oops. i feel like they should just they should just pull off the fucking band-aid and just make it its own <laughs> section of just thought streaming ah but then they would lose advertisers yeah what well, they, they would also probably still i mean yeah they should really make a separate they wouldn't be family friendly anymore because it's like right now they let it happen but they're against it in their terms of service they say no we don't, we yeah don't. yeah exactly and they have like excuses for why their rules are inconsistently applied, but it's like bullshit. They just don't. They, they're in a great position where they make more money off of turning a blind eye because these people attract other people. Speaking of attracting other people, technicals. What percentage of your viewers do you think are watching you? Because this is something I've noticed with myself, Sam. Maybe this is something you have going on too. There's a certain percentage of viewers who I feel like maybe they're homosexual and they're watching me. (laughs) You know what I mean though? Like I almost feel like a slight version of a girl streamer sometimes, not a girl streamer, but like where it's like, wait, are you watching me? Cause you like, you have simps is what you're trying to say. I don't know if I do, but it's like that idea that that kind of dynamic, I think, does exist for male. Uh, you are you are fairly attractive, Glink. Yeah, and oh, <laughs> you too. You got, well, I think we all are here. Oh, That's not a question. <laughs> what about the guitar selection? It's time. But but do you know what? Like, do you see comments and like messages from from people? Because I get sometimes I get DMs or like messages from people where it's like kind of suggestive or flirtatious, and it's like I do. a guy, and I'm like, well, I'm not- <laughs> some people are like. I don't know. There. Well, I've had to actively do this because my brother has brought it up before. He's like, you take off your shirt way too many times. And like most of the time I've taken <laughs> off my shirt, it's to cover myself in barbecue sauce or peanut butter. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do it over a T-shirt. So, yeah, of course, I'm going to take yeah. off my shirt. But like be- because I have a high metabolism, I still have kind of my fit from high school where I have like, you know, just just fucking rib cage and like a, a like a six pack work in there. Dude, and some people really bring fit. it up. I'm je- when you were in that, that at the end of the ESAM video, I was like, damn, I didn't. Yeah, I was admiring a little bit. I noticed I was like, oh, that's kind of muscular. Yeah, that's why I don't like taking off my muscular. shirt because I was never the kind to want to flex or something. I would wear like long sleeve shirts and stuff because I just I don't want to be a fucking tool. Damn, dude, where are my sims? I, I the only comment I've ever had that's even close was someone once commented on my first video 
Wow, you have a really sexy voice. <laughs> I told you, you have a good narrative voice. You wouldn't blink. That's that's a good thing to have. With yeah, well, in that video, I did a New York accent for like half the video. So <laughs> he was just really into New York accents that year. I was really into Donkey at the time, and I think I was, was my uh, first video. I just thought kind of emulated him a little bit. I have my own with the detective persona. I do like a little New Yorker <laughs> accent. I've actually done a New Yorker accent too. What's with that? What, what is with all of us copying New Yorker accents? We're fetishizing New York. Creator. Yeah. It's like you're a rite of passage. New York or you're imitating New York. It's a rite of passage. Everyone, you need to yeah. compare and contrast how good New York accents are uh, yeah. at a certain point. If you're not good at it, you're going to have to spend like a few weeks in the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a good YouTuber, don't you? Which right What's now. That one chick, that like one chick that got popular because she has like a New Yorker oh, accent. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Gengar girl or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her. She was like, Go I was going to say, she got popular and within like 10 minutes, she was like canceled. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. You got to love the internet. You got to love the internet. But she's she's actually still popular now, at least on Twitter. Like yeah. she gets thousands yeah. of likes and good for her. But it's just Dude, funny. Nico Lowell got sponsored by 100 Thieves. Yep. It's insane what you can do off of that popularity. Like you just gotta, you yeah. gotta go for it. It's insane what you could do. It's just a ton of blush and like Bernie shirts. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. but she's she's fine. Yeah. Uh, how you counteract that? Like you've never seen anyone cancel technicals. I mean, you just have to not give a fuck at all and not yeah. be in a position I, I, where. I've kind of been learning that from like kind of both of you, I guess. Yeah, just don't give a fuck. What are they gonna do? Everyone assumes their opinion matters. Just. No, fuck you. Your opinion doesn't matter. You're no one to me. Go away. And it, they're gone. They that's, all blocked me and I don't see it. So it's whatever. That's one <laughs> thing I'll say about Leafy. That's positive for me. Despite the fact that I hate his videos, I think he's bottom tier content. I don't think he's very, I don't even think he's that entertaining at all. But I will say there's, and I don't even like the way he tweets or whatever, but to that point, it's very clear that he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a fuck. Like somebody the other day had this this like tweet that is like multiple tweet thread, like trying to cancel him, just showing screenshots of Leafy's tweets from like last week or like the other day when he's saying just like you know all kind like whatever the f yeah. word and the n word. Like, dude, what are you trying? You're trying to cancel somebody who's literally tweeting every day that thing just to be like, I don't give a shit. Like, you realize this yeah. doesn't work, right? The, the magic of it is he's built his audience off of doing that. Yeah. So no one's going to be like, oh, fuck Leafy. They're like, oh, hell yeah. He's yeah. doing it again. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Like who's you're not going to cancel someone when their audience is going to continue to support them for the reason you're trying to cancel them. Exactly. That's how you counteract it. That's I from day one. I've been doing the shit that I've been doing. So it wouldn't affect me in the late game. You have to play mm -hmm. the early game. Yeah. And I, that's something. Or that's definitely something I think about a little bit when I'm tweeting or something. It's like, sometimes I think, well, do I want to tweet this? Do I want to say this? But then it's almost on the other hand, well, if I'm afraid to say this, if I'm afraid to tweet this, then it's not going to get any better later on down the line. I'm going to get more nervous when I have more of an audience, more viewers. It's like, I might as well just make it clear where I stand. You could follow me or not, or you could fuck off. I don't really care, but I'm going to say how I feel. I think there's a certain, you want to balance obviously, because you don't want to always yeah. be just, saying everything you think sometimes i maybe falter in that but i think it's, it's super important in this like modern climate like for a while like when i was i i would say up until like maybe six months ago or something like i i was trying to just be like as safe as possible with my twitter and like 
I don't even have like controversial opinions, really. I'm like a pretty like centrist person. Like I'm very in the middle of things. But I felt like uh, un like it was a bad idea to share even like very like like, hey, like, let's not forget about the other side, too. Opinions. And now I'm just like, fuck that. Like, no, you get fucked for that. <laughs> you get <laughs> fucked for being like, hey, let's consider both opinions. What the fuck did you say? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've but now I'm doing it because I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care if I get blocked. I've seen people. I've actually like recently encountered an account where like someone like tweeted something and like or someone like that I follow was responding to a tweet and like the person was had blocked me and I had no idea who the hell they were. They, you know, they just had like a bunch of like political things in their uh, bio, and I was just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, it's I'm probably doing something right. Point. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah and uh, I mean, now that we're talking about Twitter, just to say something else, it's also I, I've come to the conclusion recently that Twitter is basically just where the crazy people get successful for the most part. Not everyone, but like. Craziness is re- rewarded through Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I think that's why people, not even like politically extreme people, but <laughs> PewDiePie, for example, or M. Plemon more recently, and others as well, it's very common for people to like need to take breaks or just get off yeah. of Twitter for their own it's mental me. health. Yeah. And I, I think the character Yeah, I think the character limit promotes knee-jerk reactions. Because you don't have you don't have this platform where you can give a well thought out response. You have to either pick a side or be ready to defend yourself in a lengthy thread after making a very vague statement. Yeah, <laughs> which a lot of people aren't willing to do because there's just it's too many people that are just ignorant and want to they they want to jump to they want to jump the gun way too quickly. Which is why I stopped having nuanced. Yeah, I stopped having major opinions, and I'll I'll say what I said, and then just fucking. Just troll whoever's being a dumbass in my replies because I don't care. Which is why one reason why I like doing this and I want to continue doing this podcast is because these kinds of discussions are just straight up not possible on Twitter and not even really possible even when I'm making videos. Like obviously it's up to me how nuanced I want to go, how many things I want to mention. But even then you have to consider, well, you know, I can't even though this is something I could talk about for an hour. I'm not going to make people sit there and watch an hour long thing about it, right? Like you have to condense ideas down even in a video. Uh, granted, I think you can do that in a way better way than Twitter, obviously. But, you know, something like this is just we're having a conversation. You might say something wrong or you say something that you you mistakenly forgot and you could correct it right now. Uh, yeah. It's all in context, in other words, complete context. Yeah. Um. One thing I was going to bring up actually, because I am on my, I'm working on a video where I mentioned this and I was wondering if this is even, if you guys agree with this, do you guys think that because of, let's say a little bit of a fall from grace that IDubs experienced after coming out and uh, talking about, yeah. yeah, well, talking about his he position on, on uh, sex work, coming out as a simp, yeah, uh, with his girlfriend. You know, whatever. A lot of fans viewed whatever. Whether you think that's right or wrong, a lot of his fans were disappointed in that. I feel like that is what paved the way for Leafy to make a comeback. I mean, directly it did because Leafy's first comeback video was about that. I think it's almost it's like Idubs was this respected figure. His respect dropped, and then people are like, "Oh wait, let's bring back Leafy," because they kind of canceled each other out a little bit. Yeah, he was like, "It's almost an invitation." Yeah. Yeah. 
I what as a fan, I did I did make a video covering this as well with my whole opinion. But as a fan of iDubs, uh, I think the thing that most people should have been upset about was the um, the structure of his arguments in that video because they were very weak. Like he was doing a lot of ad hominem, a lot of false equivalence type of shit, and I was like, "What the fuck? These points don't make any sense." Like, believe what you want to believe. Like, that's fine. I disagree with you, but it's fine. The arguments are just shit. Like, he's trying to attack people that disagree with him when normally he could have made a, a very rational argument for why he thinks what he does. Just be like, oh, I think this. If you don't, that's fine. But, you know, this is just me. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, the arguments were shit. It was very overlooked. People didn't even, like, people were too caught up in, like, the fact Soup. that they disagree. Soup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No I more Mr. Nice Sim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he could have done a, a pretty good uh, spin on it, on all the hate that he was getting, and made a funny meme, maybe make his only, maybe make his own OnlyFans. But yeah. instead he took it, like, very defensively. Yeah, and it's uh, uncharacteristic of him because he's, yeah. like, his reputation is built on well-thought-out logical arguments to prove his points while being funny. Yeah, I think that's, that's why everyone likes him. Speaking of... Uh, Online sex work technicals. You had your own run in with someone who I thought that was I thought that was more absurd than anything else in the ESAM no. situation. Uh, can you just I want you to describe it because that was that's so insane to me. Well, I threw that in the video because Sleepy Kokiri, the person, the sex worker who had a problem with me is ESAM's fiance. So it's very relevant to put in an ESAM vid. Someone was like, hey. Everything was cool, but this seemed irrelevant. Like, what? I can't fucking defend myself in my own video. He's like, find a time and a place. A time and a place. This is my channel, and I uploaded it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this guy, Dark Wizzy, he was making a list of all the people that need to be banned from all spaces and shit in the Smash community. God. And he put me at, he had pedophiles, rapists, sex offenders, and then me at the very bottom. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? And it was my sketch in 2018 for my Detective Tech ESAM video where I buy Sleepy Kokiri's Patreon content. I blur it out so she doesn't like DMCA the video or whatever. And then I pretend to jerk off to it with like five tissue rolls and fucking lotion. And, and her content is lewd pictures, by yeah, the way. She sells lewd pictures. pictures of her ass and her tits and all that shit. And I, I did that. Honestly, okay, I can agree that maybe it wasn't in the best taste and maybe it wasn't a, that funny of a joke. That's fair. But to put me on a list with fucking sex offenders and say that I like, you know, sexually harassed her and then people would use the example Call, of being calling in it sexual violence, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He called like it. That. He initially called it sexual violence before I called him a fucking idiot. And then he put a, a disclaimer on it saying, oh, this still counts. Mm. And they'll they'll compare it to sexual harassment in the workplace. But in the workplace, people aren't taking pictures of their ass and their tits. So I think that's that's a little bit different context. When your your major revenue stream is from people that are sexually attracted to you, and that's what you're selling. You're selling sex. You're selling your body as kind of a product. I mean, that um, is very clearly the intention of a Patreon or an OnlyFans. Yeah. Obviously, the person knows that, you know, the vast majority of guys buying that are doing exactly what your sketch, you know, was highlighting. Yeah. It's, it's joking at the fact that people do that to the content. I wasn't coming out as saying, oh, I just some people thought I was like admitting that I jerk off to her through the sketch. And I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. That's not what I was doing. It's it was she like, even like and you showed in your video, like she even says like previously, like 
some person yeah. asks her like oh like are you okay with people jerking off to your pictures and she's like well i'm selling lewd pictures of course i am yeah 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 so <laughs> it's like even they were um, specifically asking if she was offended, and she says, I'm not shocked because I sell lewd pictures. And that comes up in my uh, Thirst video, Thirst in, Sma in the Smash community video. I pulled that up because I was looking at her curious cap. Mm -hmm. So she fucking, she knew she knew that beforehand. So I just doubled down on the joke, and um, I took her profile pic and wrote, not Sleepy Kokiri, because yeah. <laughs> and then the jar. Yeah. And I've been playing Battle for Bikini Bottom because I want to do a game review on that. So I just use that music with a bubble transition and then the jar gets filled with lotion and then I fucking throw it at yeah. my wall. Yeah, that was a good one. go hard. That was funny. I, I remember laughing at that a lot. <laughs> just that like, like the whole thing with like your roommates like kind of pull you away. You're like, it's right there, man. It's right there. <laughs> and then and then one of my roommates that like is in the room across from me comes yeah. out. Her, her name's Michelle. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh my god, it's right there. I told her. I keep telling her, you're famous. You're famous. This video has eighty thousand views. You're famous now. <laughs> so yeah, I I think it was funny to double down because like she's just she's trying to be offended because they don't like me, so they want to find something to kind of spin and be like, oh well, he's a sexual threat. And I'm like, no, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a sexual threat. First off, I have a girlfriend I've been with for over three years. Uh, second off, I've been very clear that I don't like you. <laughs> Like, why Why would I approach you sexually? You're not even on my fucking top 10. Yeah. That's the problem with certain lists, I think, is that, you know, the problem with lists is even if all it takes is one person who doesn't deserve to be on the list for the whole thing to not, not only be somewhat discredited, but also just be dishonest in its portrayal. Like, you're on a yeah. list with all these people who did do actually bad and you know horrible things but because verifiably yeah and because you're on yeah. the list there's two ways of looking at it one oh my god technicals is this horrible fucking sexual assaultist which is completely false and dishonest and like everything wrong with that and then the other way to look at it is wait technicals didn't even do fucking anything i bet these other guys didn't yeah, do anything. yeah yeah it just looks like a vendetta <clears throat> and it very clearly was like i was friends with this yeah. guy we would talk over Twitter and then eventually he just blocks me and just stops talking to me. And he became like a mini eSAM. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess Dude. you don't want to hear my side. There's it's, mini eSAMs popping up everywhere. There's one in by you, right? Slush? <laughs> sort of. I mean, there's just, a, there's just a lot of people in the Smash community who uh, like share the same sort of perspective as eSAM and like, I think that there's the, the Smash community has this like tendency to like reward virtue signaling behavior. So you it leads to people who are doing it just for the reward, you know, and not for the actual like earnest, like not because they actually care, but because they want to like look good in the eyes of I don't know, the higher ups in the Smash community. And I definitely think that like you tech got on that list because the Smash community doesn't like technicals. Yeah. Because technical is goes against the grain. They don't and like wrong was, think. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like you're looked at as like a bad person because you make edgy jokes and because you call shit hypocrisy out. Whereas like the, the truth is that like none of the stuff you've done is actually like, I don't know everything you've ever done, but like none of the stuff that I've seen has ever like really reflected. Is, on you're a bad person on. for completely different reasons. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You can say that I've harassed people. I don't know. 
You can say that I've harassed people, but from my perspective, I'm harassing harassers. So it's almost the same way that they're harassing me because I'm a harasser. So it's just a fucking cyclical pattern of people yeah. harassing and they, they don't understand where I'm coming from. So ironically, they're harassing me for the same reason I'm harassing other people because they're assholes. Although so if I you're think gonna, your separation is that you're not like, again, you're not morally grandstanding or like trying to take this holier than thou uh, kind of approach to it though. You're just saying, Hey, I'm talking shit. I'm having fun. I'm calling out this stuff, but I'm not saying that, you know, it's again, like you're not being hypocritical in the sense that you're like, this is all wrong. What you said. So how dare you call this person wrong? It's like, this is what you did. This is what's going on. This is fucking insanity. I mean, that's the way I view it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up a tweet actually by Esam, which maybe is not like the worst insane take he's ever had, but let's analyze it here. Uh, I pulled it up okay. on stream. So this uh, this is also something you addressed in your video, but I'm going to bring it up for the sake of the stream here. Uh, so this is a tweet by Esam on June 28th, 2020. He says, also, if you care more about the 2 to 4% of false accusations more than the 96 to 98% of victims whose trauma ruined their life forever and decide to use that as a reason you, quote, can't believe victims, you aren't helping. You are actively stifling victims from coming forward. What do you what do you guys think about that argument? Okay, so if you look at this, you can immediately deconstruct it from their own perspective. So there's this infatuation with minorities. They care about like, you know, the people that are marginalized and, you know, they're they're not the majority of the population. That's why they're called minorities. Right. So it doesn't happen as often as it might happen to other people, but it's still a huge issue. So why the fuck is it not a huge issue if there's a minority of people's lives being ruined? There's suicides from false allegations. You know, they go to jail for wh however long for false rape allegations, but they don't fucking matter because the number against them of things that are true is a lot bigger. Like, so their lives just don't matter now? Like... Where's the consistency in the empathy? Where's the empathy for those people? You're going to pretend really like... Point. Yeah. yeah it's it's underplaying sense. the... Like, what false accusations can do to people. Like, yeah. it's like saying, like, well, you know, it happens a little bit of the time. It's not important. That's pretty much what he's saying. But, like, like you said, I, there was literally, like, a case, like, two weeks ago. I remember seeing it on Twitter where, like, some person who, like, owned a company uh, was accused of rape and killed himself because no one will believe him. It turned out to be not true. Yeah. And the, <laughs> I don't know. They're trying to justify that. Th that's the only thing they can do. They have to justify the damage that they're doing. If they're going to make the argument that you should believe the majority because they can't take a stance of neutrality because somehow being neutral and understanding the position from a rational uh, stance would be hurting the victim somehow or the accuser. Like as if, as if asking for the bare minimum, okay, you're going to take this to social media and get a mob against this person. Please prove that what you're saying is correct if you're not going to take it to a court of law. Like, right. I, I don't feel like that's asking for a lot. I feel like that's asking for the bare fucking minimum if you're going to uh, ensue a mob on a person. It is tricky though, right? Because like a lot of uh, like sexual abuse situations like don't come with evidence to prove things, you know? Yeah. Even um, when they actually one thing I want to say uh, to kind of write on technicals point here is that, you know, a lot of the times people talk about the power dynamic involved in a lot of these uh, sexual assault stories and how 
men in positions of power using that power to, you know, get some sort of sexual favors or advancements on onto these women, and and they become victims in that scenario. And they know that's fair, but I also think you have to, and and women will acknowledge this too, or the, the victims will acknowledge this too. There is great power and strength as well in making these accusations and these callouts, and that's why women are supporting each other, and and victims are supporting each other, and. You know, when it's a truthful, legitimate, which a lot of them are, I, I will admit, I, it seems like a lot of them definitely are. That's great. It's great that you're using that power. But with that power, I know it's cliche, but there does come responsibility of like, well, now there needs to be some accountability for sure when that power is also being abused. In other words, there's great gravity. There's a lot of gravity in calling somebody a fucking rapist or a sexual assaultant or a pedophile or any number of these other labels. Uh, so you better make sure that your story holds up. You better make sure that you're not fucking lying because if you are, that should be held accountable. That's an abuse of power. It's so easy yeah. to just write something <laughs> and try to ruin somebody's career overnight off of some false narrative. Of course we should protect against that. That's why the narrative of uh, believe all women is fucking retarded. I'll believe, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying that like, Again, I'm inclined to believe victims, but I'm not going to jump to conclusions. It's like, I sympathize with you, I understand you, but I'm not going to just blanketly take it as fact until until there's a bigger story, right? Yeah, and there's a responsibility on people with bigger platforms like Esam. Like, if you fuck that up, I, I, I basically had to beg him to make an apology for Esam Info. I would post about it constantly, I made videos saying Esam apologized that I would post to Twitter and it takes him, it takes him almost like a year and a half, two years later to give an apology to Foe, a year later to give an apology to MJG. And where does he post it? At the bottom of a thread that's about his apology for all the racist comments on the Smashboards post and stuff. He couldn't even make it its own fucking post. And in the same, uh, in the same post where he's apologizing, he says, I do not apologize for believing victims. The victims were Foe and MJG, you fuck. So, so it's complete. It's a non-apology at that point, just so he can save face and say, oh, well, you know, I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to keep automatically believing whoever and waiting, waiting for fucking years to make an apology because I don't really care who was right or wrong. I care about making that that juicy post and saying, fuck that guy. He's a rapist because it's really fun for me to do. And I get a lot of follows out of doing it. Yeah, we really need like the bigger voices in social media and in their respective communities to like normalize, uh, you know, like a not like like sicking their fans on people or whatever, because that's still happening way too fucking often. And also like, you know, holding themselves accountable and being like, yo, I got it wrong. These person, these people like are good. And like there needs to be something done about like, the fact that when someone gets accused of being something and they're not that thing, like the, that label kind of like floats around forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, I can, I can relate this back to me. Cause people will say, Oh, technicals is a bad fucking person. He'll never admit when he's wrong. I've admitted I was wrong fucking twice in like the last month. I was wrong about uh, one thing with phase rug phase rug contacted me. We talked on discord. I offered to take the video down. He said, nah, the video was all right. You know, get your bread, leave it up. It was fine. You took a lot of time doing it. But I released a video uh, the next week, like fixing the false statement that I made. And then Christian Bishop reaches out to me out of nowhere. 
I get every video taken down that I could about him take down my video and upload a fucking hour and a half long uh, analysis and interview of the facts of the story. So like I care I care about misinformation like th- that there's no fucking argument there. But it's, not enough people um, do. Yeah, not enough people care that they said something false. That's like if you're going to say something about someone take accountability and take that shit down if you're fucking wrong immediately. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's unless you're just an arrogant asshole. There's also something to be said about um, not to like, uh, well, I'll I'll just put it this way. Uh, A lot of this can also be viewed through sort of a journalistic or ethics and journalism type lens, especially when it comes to making YouTube videos or even making certain tweets and and these kinds of things and accusations. Um, It's worth not, not for these sexual assault stories necessarily, but it's worth reaching out to people, you know, like something, sometimes I have this idea of who someone is or what someone is. And I, you know, maybe I want to make a statement about it or make a, make a video about it. Um, especially if I'm making a video, like these days, I really either need to be doing my research really well, or sometimes even contact them or contact people close to them, or, you know, try to actually, uh, come from a place of, of understanding and reaching out rather than, you know, you see a lot of the times people just totally in their own bubbles or at least be willing to make corrections like with in your case where you could have easily just been the type of person who's like, no, fuck you. You know, whatever. I don't even care. I I made the video. It's just what it is, you know, and I don't want to talk to you about it. And just but you're not, you know, you're, you don't have to be closed minded about changing your statements or changing the kind of messages you put out there. And you also shouldn't be closed minded about the narrative you want for a video. You know, if new information comes by, oh, it turns out this guy is not an asshole. It turns out I was wrong about this. You can't just be like, all right, well, I'm just going to put up the video anyways, or I'm just going to fucking never make a yeah. mention of that again. And I, I learned a lesson through like these two different instances. One with, well, I think I majorly learned it after Rug is that even if they're huge and I assume that they're not going to talk to me, like it was fucking insane. Like he followed me and started DMing me after a stream. And I was like, what the fuck face rug yeah. is in my DMs? What happened? Because yeah. the video was, it was sub 2K views. And I was like, there's no fucking way this is the phase rug talking to me. Um, but yeah, he was like upset that I didn't reach out to him when I'm like, dude, you got to understand you have millions of followers, millions of subscribers, like 15 million. I had no fucking idea he would respond to something like that. Yeah, But it gave me a yeah, new perspective right. that they care about the information being put out there and being spread. And I have a platform where people are going to start listening. So it's important to hit them up and at least try before making uh, statements as you know big as uh, the one that I made in my video where it was about this homeless dude that he tried to help in 2017. Mm. But yeah, he immediately helped him after that. He met with the daughter that I uh, was contacting and you know I, I thought my investigative journalism was pretty good, but she was feeding me a little bit of false information as well. So mm. eh, what mm. are you going to do? That's it's funny that you say that because I've had that same exact moment of realization where uh, a few years ago I was making a video on Casey Neistat and I, I kind of yeah. this is one reason why I've swayed away from making videos about specific people as much but uh, I was making a video about Casey Neistat like kind of really just criti- like surface level criticisms it was also more of like a documentary or like history of him or something like that and um, anyways I, I put out the video. Uh, and I, one of my friends suggested to me before I finished it, why don't you, you, uh, follow him on Twitter and DM him just for like a chance to interview him or some, something to that regard. 
I think that's how it went down. And I, I followed him to- or like I tweeted at him. I tweeted out. That's what it was. I publicly tweeted at him. I'm like, hey, would you be down for an interview? As I'm about to finish the video, like I'm literally about to put it out. He messages me back and he's like, hey, I would I would be interested in doing this. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you have millions of followers. And I at the time had like, I don't know, maybe a few hundred. And it was jarring to me. I didn't I totally was like, I, I'm never going to be able to contact this guy. He's never going to see any of my yeah. messages. So why yeah. even try? Um, but looking back, I kind of wish maybe I took my time more and I actually maybe I could have interviewed him uh, or at least maybe I could have gotten his perspective on something more. So you, you, you'll be surprised with how much of a reach YouTube videos can have. That's the, I think that's the great thing about videos is that even if you're a small creator, the right message, the right video can actually reach so many people and, and it can do very well. Yeah. That's why I respect the interviews that you do for your content. You do like a fuck ton of interviews and get a, a wider perspective of whatever you're talking about. Yeah. You never, you never know when like some big, uh like personality or whatever is like some of those people are are checking all their messages and stuff like that like when i did my new grounds video i decided to add on a way my message the creator of salad fingers who has like so many followers and stuff like that and i was like he's probably not going to respond but i'm just going to message him anyway and he did and we did an interview hmm. i didn't i never thought that would have happened but like some people just they're on top of their shit and just like casey nice that yeah yeah Back to uh, also, boxing ESAM. Yes. So, yeah, let's conclude <laughs> the, the ESAM saga. So, yeah. what can you give us a rundown of uh, the whole How are you box? Box in the yeah. What are you going to do? Who are you studying <laughs> under to learn the right <laughs> techniques to just punch him out instantly? Oh, uh, Christian Bishop actually offered to train with me, I think. <laughs> and he said, he said he wouldn't mind being on the undercard. Nice. Wow. And, we try. Uh, I think he tried to message Esam to, uh, you know, be in the event, and he told me that he was willing. If I could put a whole card together, he was willing to throw in five thousand dollars for the charity event. And Esam wow. still declined. He still declined, and it wasn't wow. going to be like a sanctioned event. It was going to be we were going to have like comically large gloves and shit like that. Uh, I was going to try to get low tier god on the card as well <laughs> to Great. possibly box bishop. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm so pissed. My, uh, I don't know if you guys, if or, uh, this is a slight aside, my gain was down the whole time because I was recording audio. Get fucked. So I don't know if my audio sounds super quiet compared to you guys, but uh, sounded fine. Sounded fine. Up. Okay. Um, but what is the? Can you give us the context of the boxing ring situation, though? I know it's 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 in your video. So everyone, if you haven't watched it, go watch Technicals' video. But give us the. Like ring. why? Like why it yeah. spawned? Yes, yes. Um, because like it, I feel like it was just thematic for the video. Like he says, his my favorite quote that he says is "nigga go boxing ring faggot." <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I can tw- I can twist that, and at the end I use it against him. I'm like, before you decline, Sam, remember, nigga go boxing ring faggot. <laughs> and I honestly like I don't care about the money or anything. I just really, really want to box Esam because he's just been such an, he's been an asshole personally to one of my friends that I know, which is foe. And just, I don't know. He has a very punchable face. So I feel like it'd be a fun event for everyone. <laughs> what, what adds to the just comedy of that, as you pointed out on your, uh, you did a live stream, like kind of talking about this is that yeah. <laughs> the clip, the clip, like as if Esam's comments on Smashboards and his past stuff wasn't bad enough in terms of 
him being hypocritical. Uh, the clip of him saying those words was on the stream, was talking to a black smash player on stream. Like yeah. it's just the worst possible context. And well, to somebody's actually talking to Nairo, but Nairo's like half black, I think. Oh, I thought he was talking to Cat. Oh, okay. Nah. Yeah, uh, the context but, is a little missing. But there. but he's he's streaming. Cat is streaming, right? Yeah. And he's like just eating food or something. <laughs> While yeah. Sam says that, it just sounds so funny. And then <laughs> to someone who's not a Smash player, it sounds even funnier because it's like, what does that even mean? But in the context of Smash, he's talking about the stage boxing ring. So he's like saying, yeah. go boxing ring, as in pick boxing. <laughs> but it just sounds hilarious out of context as like, what? Like, what does that yeah. even mean? It just sounds yeah. like a jumble of words. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't know the context. It like makes no sense. Can we have like a, I've been drinking a lot. Can we have a quick bathroom break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right back. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, dude. Shit. That happens when you have a drinking problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just me and you, slush. Do I, can I call you, I can't call you the other name. What, my name, Sam? Yeah, I can't call you that, right? I don't know. Do you want me to call you Greg? Nobody, nobody on stream knows, knows you as that. People might think they might get confused with ESAM. I'm yeah. IRL Sam. Yeah. So I was talking Moving to you on. privately at one point about the, this ESAM phenomenon, as I'll call it, because <coughs> I mean, there is, I was pointing out, okay, Anthony Fantano, bald, mm. kind of, uh, what's the word? Virtue signally, you know? UCK. What's the other one? A C U C K, the Anthony Fantano on Twitter sometimes. A little bit of a C U C K. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's other people too, though. I feel like there was we had a whole list at one point. We had a list of ESAMs. We're talking about lists. There was a list of ESAMs. There's somebody else too that fit oh, under this bill. I remember this. Um, they all have the same fucking haircut. They all say the same shit. <laughs> I forgot who else it was. Oh my god, there was another one aside from ESAM and Anthony Fantano. I know. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> we'll make the list. list yeah. of bald Isam. opinion people. Yeah. <laughs> bald opinion. People. Yeah. That's, that'd be good. That'll be its own actual like podcast episode, I think. <laughs> we'll just make a tier list. We'll just get every bald person in media. Yeah. Put them on a tier list of how virtue signally they are. I mean, I know of one more that we don't have to bring publicly, but somebody in a more like local smash scene that you that you brought to light. Who uh, totally yeah, fits for not, you know, I don't want to do no, any. No. This person doesn't deserve to be. Yeah, no. <laughs> they don't. They don't deserve to be ESAM. So they don't. They're they're. I mean, as far as I'm aware, they're certainly not as loud of a voice. So yeah, yeah um, I don't know. <laughs> man, technicals is peeing a lot, isn't he? Oh, well, like I said, man. You know, he's drinking that that yellow juice. I think he's drinking that gamer fuel. What is it called? The gamer? What are they? Is it called? G what fuel? They, yeah, G Fuel, right. Do people is still drink that? Drink? Dude, how do people ever drink that in the first place? That <laughs> shit, like, it's literally pre-workout. Like, why? It's so it's so weird to me that people drink pre-workout when they're gaming. Like, isn't that terrible for you? They must get your heart rate going, like, way faster or something. Gamers are sick people. Sick addicts. They're crack fiends. Didn't you like, have a story sick about that? Like, sick. Like, sick or, like, sick? Sick. <laughs> okay. 
Don't you have a story about that? You told me once about drinking gamer fuel, G fuel, some sort of. Oh uh, no! So like, gamer I don't. Juice. It's not in my room anymore. But like last year, I got contacted by this company that was like, they wanted to sponsor me, and they were doing their own like version of G fuel. And I tried their product to see if I liked it, and within like two minutes, I was like instantly diarrhea. Like I Whoa. just had. Speaking of diarrhea, Whoa. Nice. I didn't know it was that bad. Okay. Do you drink so, uh, gamer juice technicals? Any kind of gamer fuel, G fuel? Um, you're into gamers. No, I drink a lot of uh, like LaCroix, sparkling water, and juice. Smart. Good. That's good. Sparkling water is always good. I forgot you're straight yeah. edge. So, of course, you wouldn't be drinking G fuel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole straight edge. Does that, does that count, actually? I feel like that should count as not being. Straight edge, if you drink that stuff, like on the regular, some people gamer fuel, yeah, G fuel. What the fuck does that do to you? It's like, literally, yeah, it's like hyper caffeine pre workout. I think I I don't uh, know, it depends on the formula, but most of them are pretty. I don't know, is drinking coffee make you not straight edge? I don't know because I do drink coffee, I love coffee, but it makes me shit, which is great. Yeah, that's why. That's why else would you drink it? Maybe that's why the thing that I drink made me shit too, because mm. it's like coffee. Slush drinks shit confirmed. Yeah, um, I'm going to attempt to respond to. We got a couple donations. If you guys okay, don't mind, okay. we're, we're going to be wrapping up this. The podcast is over for all intents and purposes. Thank you for watching the first episode. Uh, this is this is going to be cut. We're going to grow and expand this show. And unlike H3H3, I'm not going to stop making videos. So this is just a bonus, okay? We're not giving up. We're nice. not going to survive. Like h 3 I am going to stop making videos. And become <laughs> Thank you for having me. Over time. You know, <laughs> yeah. Technicals, I think we need to have you back on at some point too. I might uh, just do Technical Tuesdays. Technical you know, Tuesdays, yeah. Got that massive sub boost. <laughs> now I feel productive after playing Valorant for like Hell a week. Yeah. <laughs>